Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich Bonus, episode 249. Hey, my riches, I'm Hayut. And today I have a very special and very colorful guest for you. Miriam Sherman believed all of those who told her that she won't be able to make money from her out. So she went to work on Wall Street to make money. With time, she became a very successful artist and a very successful business person. Today, she teaches artists to become entrepreneurs. Miriam Shulman is an artist, author, and founder of the Inspiration Place and the Artist Incubator Coaching Program, where she helps artists from amateurs to professionals develop their skills tap into their creativity, and grow thriving art businesses. Her podcast, The Inspiration Place, is on the top 1% of all podcasts globally and is listened to in over 40 countries. Miriam has been featured in Forbes and has been a guest on numerous podcasts. Her art has been featured in the New York Times, Art of Men, and Art Journalist magazine as well as seen on NBC's Parenthood and the Amazon series Hunters with Al Pacino. Her forthcoming book on how to make it as an artist is scheduled to be published with HarperCollins Leadership in February 2023. Let's listen to the fantastic and colorful story of Miriam Sherman. Miriam Sherman. Hi, what a pleasure to have you here. Well, thank you for having me, Hayud. It's such an honor. It is. I'm so happy you are here. And I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now. And I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading? Okay, so I have been working on a book for HarperCollins. It's a traditionally published book. Wow. Uh, I know we're going to talk a little bit about mountains at the end, but it, this definitely has been my mountain to climb this year. <laughs> and it depend, in the last six months when I've been working on it, depending on when you talk to me, how high in the mountain I was, <laughs> my answer. But I actually am almost done with that. I'll be handing it in to the publisher soon. It unfortunately won't be printed, published until 2023. I I was told they're out of paper. (laughs) ran out of paper, so the publishing industry is a little bit behind schedule. Really? This is the reason? That's what they told me. Wow. I know. It's like the supply chain, so it's pushed everything behind because of publishing industry relies on shipping containers and supply chains and things like that. But I've been writing a book called Artpreneur to help artists learn how to earn a sustainable living from their creativity. Wow. So we've got a lot to talk about. 
today. I did have an artist that became entrepreneur, but I never had someone that uh, built entrepreneurship into art or combined between the two. Mm. So it's interesting. How did it start? How did you come to actually um, combining entrepreneurship with art? Yeah, so I wanted to be an artist when I was young and like many pe- young people, I was told you couldn't make a living as an artist and I believed that story. So I didn't pursue art professionally when I would when I left college. I I figured, well, if I have to make money from what I'm doing, mm-hmm. where can I make the most amount of money? <laughs> so I went to work on Wall Street instead. Wow. And it was interesting. I'm not going to say I hated it. It was a very glamorous lifestyle. And intellectually, I did enjoy what I did. But after 9-11 happened, I took that as a sign from the universe not mm. to continue working on Wall Street or at the World Trade Center, which burnt to the ground, yeah. and to do something different with my life. And it took me a while, even after I had that awakening, to realize, yes, I could turn my my art, my painting, into a sustainable living. So that was about 20 years ago that I started down this path and truly oh. learning how to apply those those marketing skills, sales and marketing skills that they teach most business people, but learning how to apply that to my business, that has been the key. So combining not just becoming good at my craft and becoming good at art, but also becoming good at being an entrepreneur. And how did that happen? That's a great question. So as I said before, initially, when I first knew I didn't want to go back to Wall Street and I wanted to do something different, my first idea was that I would teach Pilates. And (laughs) yes, right. And so I was painting on the side and I was selling a painting here or there, but not not making a sustainable living yet. When I was teaching Pilates for the gym, the gym had a program to train all their new instructors on how to become better salespeople because they made money when the instructors were able to upsell the clients into personal training packages. So when I was introduced to these selling skills, I had my aha moment that I could apply those same skills they were teaching me, those same sales and marketing skills they were teaching me how to sell personal training packages. I could use that to sell my art and portraits. Hmm. And so that's what I did. And of course, over the years, I it's not just those initial skills I learned from the gym. It's been a lifelong study. I'm always investing in my myself, learning, cl- taking classes from experts learning new techniques and trying things out and seeing what works and being okay to fail being oh you know I, I firmly believe that most successful people are successful because they're willing to try things that unsuccessful people aren't willing to try mm-hmm. so always trying new things and learning wow 
now you feel that you can teach other artists as well. Yeah. So like I said, I've been doing it for myself for about 20 years. I got involved online. Um, first, I was selling online my artwork. And so that came came first. And then in 2012, I started teaching online art classes. So once my audience really started to grow because of teaching online class, when you're just selling your artwork, you don't need a lot of collectors and a huge audience to make sustainable living. When I started teaching online classes, my audience grew quite a bit. And it was those students who were taking the art classes from me who said, hey, Miriam, we'd really like you to teach us how to sell as well. We love what you do and we want to have the same success. So I've been helping other artists learn how to make a living from their art. I added that a few years ago. So in 2018 or so, so about three years, I've been coaching artists. Fantastic. Where are you heading? You're doing so many things. You've done so many things. And now you're going to have the book published in 2023. What are you looking to do in the future? That's a great question. So now that I'm almost done with the book, uh, my art actually took a little bit of a si- uh, back seat in the creativity. I found that I had to use my my creativity towards the book and my painting kind of took a back seat on that. So now I'm very excited to bring the creativity back to the forefront. Uh, another thing that I shared with you before we hit record, my youngest son just emigrated to Israel. Um, my hmm. other child is 24, and she's leaving the nest. So we're actually selling our home and moving to New York City. So it's actually hmm. it's a very exciting time right now. I I love how life continues to evolve and surprise me. You know, there's there's no getting bored or staying still. Beautiful. You are an entrepreneur, and I want to ask you what would be your best advice to any entrepreneur that listening to us, mainly regarding their customer focus or how do they approach their customers, but any other advice would be good as well? That's a great question. So one thing that I did learn when I was working on Wall Street, um, I was working in the back office, writing computer programs for the for the traders, and my job was really to interface between what the the people in my office were doing, the researchers, the economists, and the traders. And I was creating an experience for those traders to interact. What I've taken from that time when I was on Wall Street that I still use now, that I feel is critical in everything I do and for every business is focusing on that customer experience. Every time they interact with, whether it's me personally, whether it's with my software, whether it's with my online class site, whether I am selling an artwork and how I package it. So I think of every touch point that happens along the customer experience and paying attention to that and making sure you're building customers rather than just focusing on sales. Because you can get a sale, 
But unless you turn them into a customer, somebody who comes back to you, then your business isn't going to go far. So it's making sure you pay attention to every touch point along that experience. Beautiful. You've got successes. We already talked a bit about that, and we'll talk about it in a minute again. And I want to ask you, what is your biggest, most critical failure with the customers? The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most? Okay, there's two that I'm going to offer. And the first one is not building an email list from the very beginning. So I see this happen over and over again with not only artists who who I see who are selling perhaps on Instagram, but other other entrepreneurs as well, you get into this habit where, okay, you're making a lot of sales in this specific way. And for me, when I first started selling online, that was eBay, which was a, was a very long time ago. Back then, we didn't have Facebook or Instagram. Mm-hmm. The only way people could actually shop was on eBay. This is back in like 2006. So I had so many sales and I couldn't imagine a time where I wouldn't have that stream of customers coming to me. So I didn't build the email list then. And so that was definitely a failure on my part. When I learned to start building the email list and using the email list on a regular basis, my business really took off and I was able to do more of what we just discussed, nurture those relationships with customers, not treat them as one-time transactions, but somebody you have a relationship with over a long period of time. So I would say that was one thing that I definitely didn't do right in the beginning. Uh, Another thing in, and this is something that a lot of us have to work on over time, it just becomes the new level, and that is understanding how to price your offerings with an abundant mindset, not with a scarcity mindset. So understanding that customers are not looking always for the cheapest price, that there are many times where not only will customers be suspicious if the price is too low, but they actually prefer to pay more money. So a very good example of that would be when you go to buy a nice bottle of wine. Hmm. So people who buy wine, they don't usually want the $7 bottle of wine. And they assume Mm. that the higher priced it is, the more valuable it is. So that's something that I have learned to do, but continue have to expand your mindset about what's possible about. And as I've been able to do that in my own business, not only with my artwork, but with my art classes and, and also my coaching, not what I found is not only do I make more money because I'm charging more, but I've noticed that my customers actually value what I'm selling more when they've invested more. They take hmm. it more seriously. They enjoy it more. They consume it more. So I'm doing them a favor. It sounds hmm. crazy, but I'm doing them a favor by asking premium prices. So that's something that is definitely a failing in the beginning. And it's something that I know all of us need to work on. Hmm. And, uh, and now, 
Tell us the story of your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customers. That's a great question. I would love to tell you a story about one of my clients who I took her through this process. So, and I, I won't use her real, her real name, but um, my, my client will, will use the name Faye. Okay. That's actually the name I used in the book. So my client, Faye, um, when she came to me in 2020, she had, so last year, she had lost her job during the pandemic and she was going through a divorce and she was a painter and she had two children. So she did have some time where she had, you know, a, a severance package for her, but she really wanted to turn her creativity see if she could turn her creativity into a full-time job. But the problem was that she was pricing her art at $50 a painting. And in fact, sometimes even less. And we had to work together to build her mindset and teach her that it was okay, that it was safe, because this is a very difficult thing for some women, women of color, women of, who are in a marginalized groups, it can be dangerous for them to take up space, draw attention to themselves, make noise. And this shows up in their entrepreneurship. They don't charge enough because um, that is claiming that power for this particular artist. Not only was she not charging enough, but she wasn't even painting large enough. So she wasn't creating artworks that would command that value because that was taking up too much space. So women are always given the message that skinnier and smaller is better. <laughs> and that translates a lot of times into us sabotaging our businesses because we don't even realize that we're trying to be small and why we're doing it. So this client, I took her from charging $50 <laughs> of artwork to $1,400 in artwork. And she found when she stepped into this confidence, she was able to first make $5,300 in a month. And then a few mm -hmm. months later, it was $8,400 in a month. So not only was she able to claim this power, but now she's on her way to a sustainable living. The audience was always there they were waiting for her to have the confidence to show up and claim it. Beautiful. What a beautiful story. Miriam, can you recommend the best, most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus, marketing, or sales? However, I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really works for you and might help other entrepreneurs as well. Okay, so um, I, I'm going to give you something that maybe is a little unexpected. I think the best tool that we have is using physical mail to send physical pieces to prospects and customers. Really? There is nothing like a... Yeah, because first of all, there's no spam filter. Hmm on our mailbox. So I've used this in several different ways. I've used it to invite people to my art shows, but I've also used it 
So an application that might be for more of your listeners. I've used postcards to send to people to save the date for webinars. I've even turned my sales page into a PDF booklet and sent that in the mail to my hottest prospects. And these convert very well. And it really stand out when you do uh, a physical mailing piece. So that would be the tool that I think um, is something that most people wouldn't think of, but it works. Fantastic. And you're still doing that? I do. Yes, I do. (laughs) Fantastic. You know, there are many factors that affect one's success. However, I do believe that for each of us, there is one factor that really helps us win. And I want to ask you, what is your one key success factor? Yes, I don't take a lot of time to make decisions. Hmm. So I, instead of spending a lot of time trying to decide the perfect place, the perfect thing, the perfect choice, I, I take that energy into making whatever decision that I've chosen, making that the right decision. Hmm. So having the attitude that whatever decision I make will be the right one and to put my energy there instead of um, spending all that energy and in indecision. Being in, in that indecision energy, it closes your doors. Hmm. Once you make a decision, um, that moves you forward. And the truth is you never know whether you made the quote, you know, inverted comma, air quotes, um, right decision or not, because you really don't know what would have happened if you had made the other choice. Beautiful. Um, My final question, before I ask you what is the best way to connect with you, my final question is my mountain question. And as my listeners already know, I've been imagining this journey of entrepreneurship as climbing a mountain. You know, step after step after step, and then when you reach the peak, usually you're looking to reach a higher peak, and sometimes you need to go down in order to reach the peak. And at some point, I started to ask my guests, and that's what I'm asking you, whether you ever climbed a mountain, or wished to climb a mountain, or do you have any relationships with mountains at all? Yes. Okay. So I started off this podcast talking about my book and completely independent of your question, I had been calling it my mountain. So Hmm. when I first got the book contract, which I was grateful and thankful that I got it, but uh, as soon as I got it and I had to actually start writing the book in the beginning, I thought, oh no, I made a huge mistake. The publisher made a huge mistake. They're gonna find out that you know they you know they shouldn't have asked me to write the book. There's somebody else who should have written the book, and that definitely felt like a mountain that I had been climbing. I do feel now that I'm I'm nearing the end. I am on the other side of that mountain, so I don't have all the same drama that I have I had climbing up that that mountain. It took me a long time to it was you know the climb up was very long. And it didn't take me so long to come down the other side. Hmm. I know that this mountain will happen again. Um, now that I've written the book, The Next Mountain, which I'm trying not to imagine how I'm going to feel when I get there. But the, the next mountain, of course, will be promoting and selling the book. 
I do have some time before that happens. But I just really felt that one of the best reasons to have these big goals for ourselves and climb the mountain is is not just because of the destination of where you're going to go, but how I changed during that journey. Hmm. So it really helped me evolve as a person to have gone through that work. And just like when you climb a physical mountain, how you know our muscles develop by by doing that work that's involved. It's the same thing with our our minds and our brains is that doing that the heavy lifting of taking the metaphorical journey does change us and develops different kinds of muscles in ourselves of courage and resilience that I know are going to serve me the next time I have a mountain to climb. Hmm. What a nice sound. Story about mountains. Miriam, what is the best way to connect with you for any of our listeners that would like to be in touch? Yes, well, if you like the conversation that we had today, I would love for you to come find me on my podcast, The Inspiration Place. So you can find that wherever you're listening to podcasts. It's not just for painters, it's for creatives or anyone who um, wants to be more creative in their entrepreneurship. We talk a lot about mindset and marketing and how artists can apply that. Hmm. Do you have a site or social media where we can find you? Yes. So I am Shulman Art everywhere. Um, S C H U L M A N and then A R T. Shulman Art. And it's shulmanart.com. It's at Shulman Art on Instagram. If you're, if you're over there, send me a DM and let me know that you heard me on Hayut's podcast. I would love to hear from you. Hmm. Miriam, I would like to thank you for this really fascinating conversation. I really enjoyed that. And thank you for coming and sharing with us this unique world of entrepreneur, you call it? Yes, artpreneur. Artpreneur. So thank you for introducing this new world to us. Well, thank you for having me. You asked such good questions. I really enjoyed myself. <laughs> I enjoyed you as well. So take care and bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.